Welcome along to the Wise Men Say Preview Podcast with me, Frankie Francis. Uh, it is a Thursday evening when we're recording this, but if you're listening to this on a Friday morning, it's almost the weekend, so keep on going. Uh, in the studio with me this evening, we have Mickey Love. Hiya. And we also have Craig Clark. Hello. Uh, it's been a little while since I've done this. The last time uh, the preview podcast was done by Manx. Oh, they did was, a pretty good it? job, yeah. though, to be fair. Yeah, no, I mean, not as good as, like, the, uh, What we call the MAGCast. Exactly. Recorded not. on Tyneside. The pros. But very much with Weaside in its heart. <laughs> Say no more. <laughs> yeah. Uh, tonight we're going to be uh, looking back at last night's, I guess, a historic win once again in the League Cup for uh, Sunderland. Would you go along with that? It is didn't, historic. Didn't... Weirdly, actually, like, it is. Yeah. How many times have we beaten a top flight flight club as a as a third division side before this season? Well, we never used to beat them as a top flight side, so well, <laughs> very good point. But like it is kind of like historic it, and it's historic for the fact we actually kept a clean sheet. It's well, it's unique more than anything because Biva Borum stat but before this season obviously we'd only been in the third division once in our entire history. So obviously we've never played anyone who's two leagues higher than us in the cup competition. Yeah. Because we got dumped out of the cup, I think, in the first round of both competitions. When we were in the third division, like for the first time. No, I I think we got the, to the second round of the FA Cup. Didn't I, we? Sure, or the I'm League sure, Cup. Sure. One of them were won one of the games. Hey, I'm right? still doing the menu here. Anyway, keep quiet. We'll also be discussing <laughs> the squad in general. There's a couple of debuts last night as well. A couple of caught the eye. Uh, there's, a, there's a polls. There's polls. Polls everywhere about the goalkeeper as well. First clean sheet of the season. Goes to our second goalkeeper. Uh, we'll speak about that. Uh, a great goal from Max Power as well. And uh, of course, we'll be looking ahead towards the Saturday's fixture at the Stadium Light against MK Dons. Right, looking uh, back on with last night's game. Starting lineup featured a couple of new faces, uh, especially at the back, Mickey. Uh, I don't know if you were you one of the, the fans that were there. Were there? I wasn't. No, I no. had to rely on shall we say Reed or Newcastle commentary. <laughs> shall we say? And always does a good job, uh, Nick and Gary. Um, they were they, they painted the pictures for myself as well. So without seeing, it, obviously, I've seen the goals back though. What a goal from Max Power! But those debuts at the back seem to made a good impression, Mickey. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I can't judge too much. I've only seen like the ten minute highlights of Sheffield United put on YouTube earlier, so I can't comment to a great extent. But when you listen to a game on the radio, you you can still get a decent feel for how things are going in terms of pressure, and it's horrible because every time there's a raised voice, you think you're going to concede. And there's a lot of raised voices on Newcastle, really Newcastle. <laughs> <laughs> but but last night I was listening to the game, even the last ten minutes, I wasn't particularly like worried or like anxious, maybe because the game didn't have a huge amount riding on it in terms of our overall season, but. Yeah. I think they were solid. I mean, um, Lynch seems to have got like um, almost rave reviews from people who were down there, said he was really solid. And when you look with him physically, he certainly got the tools to be a good player. And Debock, if he's very much a defender first, it gives us a different option to Hume. So hopefully they can interchange well over the season. And you'll see Hume playing games like AFC Wimbledon when we're at home and we're on the front foot and we need to get um, like forward and overlap. And then we can play Debock when we're playing against the better teams, such as we saw. Um, obviously, Bolton aren't a better team, you know what I'm saying? Well, that's the thing, isn't it? It's interesting you say that and it is the natural inclination that that's how you would feel I think it's less about the quality or calibre of the opposition and more about just taking the pressure off Hume a little yeah. bit just he doesn't feel like he's the only one who can play there yeah. um, it might just let him relax a little bit and get more into his own game I mean he has a couple of times this season looked absolutely brilliant he doesn't seem to have a, a middle ground He's a bit of a donut player. It's either like this nine ten offered half time, uh, yeah, or, or like he's assists, up and down the yeah. wing looking brilliant, and this will give him the opportunity to develop that kind of 
six, seven out of ten performance, I think. Yeah. Possibly. Uh, we, we can't go any further without mentioning Max Power's goal. No back starting in, in the side as well. Uh, there was a few reports during the week that he got quite verbal in the dressing room uh, against Bolton. We all, you know, we all know what the, the score was there. Did we see a captain's performance from Max Power last well, night? Well, unfortunately, I didn't see the game either. But I do think that, that you mentioned that word captain. He wasn't captain last night. Flanagan was. But I actually think Power is as close to a captain as we've got. Now, personally... I don't mind McGeady getting the armband, but I don't really think he's a captain. He is in terms of being a senior pro and talent and all that, but in terms of what I would expect from a captain in terms of leadership and stuff, he can be quite an individual player. I think Power is, without a doubt, the best midfielder at the club in terms of just an out-and-out central midfielder. There are others who may become better. It's someone like Dobson, he's young, but he's raw. Mm -hmm. um, I think Ledbetter has been a much better midfielder, but his star's fading. I think McGeeck's steady, but I don't think he's got as much in his locker as Power. I think Power can score goals mm. and he, he assists more as well. But did that partnership with McGeeck last night help Power? Yeah, I think it did. I think they complemented each other fairly well because McGeeck, as we know, is a fairly like refined player. He likes to keep the ball a lot um, throughout the game. And then Power's got that energy and that inclination to try and drive forward. But has he suffered for being been made to be that defensive midfielder. Yeah, definitely. And I think um, having McGeek in there get, just released the pressure on Max Power a little bit. And I think last night we saw kind of pent-up frustration from Power being um, kind of unleashed in a good way last night. He wasn't just charging around the field trying to kick people, but he, he certainly put a lot of them into that strike. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, it was an incredible, incredible shot. Dare we say Gerard-esque? It, well, he's a hero, of he's course. hero, yeah. But, like, I mean, I think Gareth made a point when we were chatting about this earlier. And he was saying he thinks Power should score more goals, and he doesn't mean that as a disservice to Power. I don't think he's had the license to go and score goals. And, well, it's interesting because he was always an attacking midfielder at Wigan. And another thing I would say about Power and his submission from the team obviously, we don't know what's going on in the dressing room. We've, you know, there's had similar things with Maguire where fans have questioned his substitution or not starting games. And I, just the one thing I would say about Power, though, is along with Greg, they've won the league twice with Wigan. I've mentioned this multiple times. That tells me he's got the pedigree to get us out of this division. It's an easy thing to say um, when something comes off like that, but after the game, both Ross and Power made the point that they've been working and trading a lot on trying to get Power into those positions to have them shot because they felt that he was kind of limiting himself and playing a little bit within himself as a result of how deep he's been playing. So hopefully if that's something they've been working on the training ground, we can see him playing in that more advanced role and trying to get the ball to him on the edge of a penalty area in that scenario. I think of all the midfielders we've got, he is the one who will be the most involved in a game in a positive way. Mm -hmm. Now that isn't a slight on the other midfielders. I just feel like he gets the ball and he looks up. Now he isn't quick and he, doesn't really, he can't really dribble with it that well. But the minute he gets it, he's looking up, he's looking forward, he's trying to find something, he's trying to make something happen. Now, if you've got someone like McGeek alongside him who can kind of clean up and maybe just give him the ball almost, like nice and nice and simple, that could dovetail. It will lack a little bit of pace, though, but I don't really think anyone other than Dobson's got pace. And from what I've seen of Dobson so far, I think he can spray the ball about, but he goes missing for long, long periods. And it's a lot of weight on his shoulders to come from Walsall, who were relegated last season, yeah. to basically saying, we want you to run the midfield and get this team promoted. Mm. I think you've got to bring him in gradually. Yeah, we saw the, the, the Luke O'Nine, didn't he? He laid off the ball 
He did yeah. quite well to win. He kind of won it, didn't he? And laid off really, really quickly. He, he, was, he yeah. ends up playing all over the, the shop. Does does his his role further up the pitch is that still up for for grabs, Mickey, for you? It should be. It's just a little bit confusing. I don't want to have a pop of Jack Ross after we had a really good win last night. But Ross said a few weeks ago, the Red and White Army and um, like AGM, he said Luke O'Nine is a right back. Luke and try to sign him and other championship clubs as a right back. And then since then, we've seen him play in three different positions. So as I say, it's a little, a little bit, bit uh, out of necessity as well. Maybe, though, but I, I think I do feel a little bit sorry for Luke O Nine because he's not. It's great that we've got a utility man like that, but he can't play his best football when he doesn't really know from one week to the next where he's going to be playing. I must admit as well, I'm an advocate of giving him a go in some ways in that kind of slightly more advanced position because he's got legs, he can get around. Mm-hmm. He's quite physical as well. Mm-hmm. But when he played there against Rotherham, I thought after the first ten or fifteen minutes, he was he was a bit of a danger in in the sense not in a good way in the sense that he, his tackling technique's not great. He doesn't seem to know when to lay off when he's pressing. No, like you just run into people a lot, and he was a bit headless chickeny. Does that not come from playing all over the shop though? Well, yeah, I mean that I, I agree with Mick. Yeah, I don't think it it benefited him being moved from right back to that mm-hmm. position to left back to God knows where else next. But he's got a hard job on his hands getting a regular game in the midfield area because we've got four out-and-out central midfielders to play the sort of more reserved sitting positions. And then you've kind of got Maguire in behind. He's, I know Embleton picked up an injury last night, but he's been given a run in that position at times. Mm-hmm. So there's two. And then sometimes he's obviously had McNulty up front with, say, Wyke. So he, he likes McNulty as that kind of second striker as well. It, doesn't seem like there's a great deal of room for another player there. I know, I know all nine has had a couple of goals there, but it seems almost like because he's so got so much energy mm-hmm. and almost like really good fitness, he's one of the ones he can afford to play every single yeah. game. So it's yeah. like, right, I want to give McLaughlin a run at right back. I want to give him a rest so all nine you can go in. You know what I mean? Mm. It's not like it's, yeah, he's testing him there, but he's also just making use of the fact that he can play anyway, if that makes sense, Yeah. rather than any long-term design. I think last night um, I've been thinking a lot about the kind of significance of the result because obviously it's fantastic that we got the win because you go into the game on Saturday with a bit of momentum and it's not the kind of millstone around all of our necks that we had after the Bolton game. But when you look at some of the results off last night, I mean, Oxford's winning 4-0 yeah. against West Ham and you're kind of thinking, are oh, like Premier League teams like even bothered? I know we made a lot of changes as well, but they made 10 changes again. And well, it's it, it, it's yeah. kind of a case of like, are we doing anything like extraordinary, mm. or is it a case of just what can happen in that game because it's so unpredictable? It's well, a really good point, actually. There's a few maybe, big scalps last night. Wasn't well, there was Spurs Burton. have gone out of Colchester, Colchester, Burton have beaten Bournemouth, like you say. I mean, it's the Oxford's premium, it's... the standout one, but Man United, Drew, Man United, who are nowhere near winning the league, and they'll be very, very lucky to finish in the top four this season. They have to take the League Cup seriously, and Solskjaer has to because he needs something to like. And the Drew 1-1, I know they went through, but the Drew 1-1 at home against Rochdale, yeah. who Rotherham batted 6-1 the yeah. other week. Yeah, that's, that's There's something weird about that tournament. Until you get to probably the quarters, maybe the sem- quarters or semis, I think it's one of those uh, teams sleepwalk through it. Well, we could you know, be go quite far. We've we got, we got uh, Oxford in the, in the next round, haven't we, away? Uh, if the draw's kind to us, you could get another... League One opposition in there. There's quite a few now because of the, the teams that progressed last night. 
you're looking to quarter the semi-finals after that and possibility of going to Wembley for the, you know, another the third visit in you know this season less, Burton Albion for us get through yeah. the semi-finals draw Man City beat 9-1 off aggregate you can see what will happen can't you that they'll get beat off Oxford well, <laughs> just speak, like we typical wouldn't well, it speaking more broadly you know we've gone away to two Premier League teams and got results with a week inside is that saying more about the players trying to take an opportunity when they get the chance or does it say something about the players playing without pressure? Well I'll say something quickly about this and then you can as well Mickey obviously if you want but this is something I was thinking about and obviously I think there is a lot of pressure on them to win league games and we say a weekend side but actually a number of those players have played a lot of first team football for us I mean White started up front he's played a number of games this season second choice keeper though in both those right second choice keeper agreed uh, Second, certainly the defenders have been second choice or reserves for yeah. the most part um, obviously someone like Embleton's not really playing regularly but if they are playing with the pressure off and it's allowing them to sort of relax into it and play their game or is Ross unleashing them and saying look it doesn't really matter if not you won't use those words but if he's basically saying just go out and enjoy yourselves it does make you think actually is that a bit of a concern that they can't handle the pressure in the league games if there if there isn't a pressure off thing that allows you to be a couple of levels better than you are in the league mm. that that does that say something about the character of the players that we've got or does it say something about is that you know We've talked about this on the podcast before. They needed to really be thinking about players who aren't just good quality at this level, but they can handle expectation because there is heaps of it. And I don't know about you, but I think sometimes they do look like if the game's not going, yeah, we'll fight till the end and that. But I mean, some of the home games that have drifted out into 1 1s have been really dismal second halves. I mean, that Rotherham game is a great example. And you think that's a, a, a an issue because of pressure from the. the Crowd playing from a bigger crowd, expectant crowds. It, it could be, and that's in a slight on the fans. I think we should expect. Yeah. So, Mickey, yeah. I don't know what you think. Not, I completely agree. I mean, on on Monday, we it wasn't so much a podcast as a post mortem. We were yeah. we were talk, we were already talking about potential other managers. Yeah. And now, after you've got one good performance and a win, you feel a bit silly. Yeah. For, for, for going to that extreme, but we can't pretend in the heat of a moment that wasn't how we all felt. Oh, you had to talk about that honestly. And similarly, just because we've beaten another Premier League team and we've kept a clean sheet and all of that, it doesn't mean all of the problems no. in the other games have disappeared. And what I was going to say was, and then Saturday, MK Dons, the whole pressure is going to be back on. I mean, going into the game, I think we're going to be feeling pretty optimistic and pretty good after Wednesday night. However, if we go a goal down or we start slowly or MK Dons enjoy a bit of possession, then you're going to see the crowd get edgy again. You're going to, And then, it's like Stephen said, if your away fans are turning, there will become a time when the team goes 1-0 up at the Stadium of Light and they're not going to give them a raw of encouragement. There's going to be people turning on the manager because some people are that fixated in the Ross-out point of view for their own personal reasons, I understand. But it's at the stage now where even last night we were winning, people saying, oh, for God's sake, typical when we beat a Premier League team, but we can't like, do this on a Saturday. It's like people have been negative about a 1-0 win against a Premier League team. It's just, I've almost can't just win. done that as well. And, and I... I don't mean it to be negative. I mean, I guess Wait, what I'm speaking about it, a, a, a broader point, Craig, weren't you? About the playing in front of an expectant crowd. Just the type of people we've got. I think there are certain ones who definitely thrive in that environment. I think McGeady, obviously, no problem. I think mm -hmm. Power thrives. Mm -hmm. Maguire loves it, obviously. 
But I think one or two of the others, I mean, Griggs an obvious example of someone it, it really isn't working. Well, he performed against Burnley. And then he found himself Again, out of the team, didn't he? Yeah. Burnley away in front of a half-empty stadium. No expectation to win that game. Enjoyed himself. Mm-hmm. It's very different when you're missing chances every game in front of a crowd that is just on the verge of losing its shit the minute the shot goes wide or you tamely put it at the goalkeeper. Similarly, Wyke, his fortunes seem to be up and down like <clears throat> in front of goal. Like You, you don't know what you're going to get with them. It's very different to playing, and Bradford aren't a a tiny club by any means. They've got a decent sized stadium and and pretty big fan base. It's not the same as playing for Sunderland. And playing for Wigan, no way is the same as playing for Sunderland. It just, it's not even comparable. Mm. Like, you are working in a totally different environment. All right, with all that in mind, does we're gonna? Yeah, it's really easy being a manager, isn't it? But we're gonna put our (laughs) manager hats on. what does he do with the side going into the weekend then? Does he keep it, you know, the, the same side that's obviously Embleton seems to be out injured, but uh, does he keep the, the new lads in at the back, for example? Does he keep the keeper? This is the, yeah, the keeper's the one. This the, the, the is on the agenda, goalkeeper. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the keeper's the first a bit, and I think um, I think people are going a little bit overboard, one with how well that Burge has been playing and also with how poor McLaughlin's been, because I don't, I think the reality is somewhere in the middle. Yeah, McLaughlin hasn't been as sparkling as he was last season, but arguably, other than Madison's free kick against Peterborough, there's not really a goal where I've looked and thought that's the keeper's fault. N- not uh, the Ipswich. And you played Sunday League, <laughs> <laughs> but no, but the but the out but the out and out kind of like that's uh, that that's a goalkeeper's fault. Yeah. Um. And but and, and I think you are allowed to have a bit of like if he fought nice, but in like the kind of a modern game, you're not because people jump on it and say, "Oh, well, he's crap compared to last season." When actually, I think he's just built up so much like goodwill and everything off the back of last season. You've got to stick with him, show a little bit of faith. Yeah. If you've got a cup final tomorrow, you start. My God. Of course. Oh, of course and you it, do. Yeah. It's really encouraging how Burgess performed, though. But that's that's the point of having a good number two is that you can come into games and it's seamless and you don't notice a noticeable difference. That's the whole purpose of having a good number two. And I was thinking in that because the you know all the games that got postponed last season, that if McLaughlin mm. will inevitably get called up again, we haven't got the problem. Exactly. We play the games. That was in the thinking, wasn't it, of that recruitment? Definitely. Positive recruitment. <laughs> well, hey. But no, he, he made um, particularly one outstanding save last night, Burge, um, early on, that one where he, he didn't tip around the post as such, but it was a ball into a body of players like cross come shot and he gets ahead of the centre forward and manages to save and get good distance on it. So that was really impressive. In the Burnley game, he made some good saves, but the Burnley game, I mm. think I feel as, he, as though he didn't command his area particularly well. well and, he's, he's got a reputation for not being able to do that. And it's very, and it, and, but this is a problem though. I think it's, um, this is going to sound a bit of a weird point, but when there's games which aren't widely televised and aren't widely like viewed by people, you see um, a highlights package where you see Lee Burge make two good saves. Mm. And that's all you take away from it. You don't see the all-round all overall performance. I'm not no, saying he's yeah. been bad, by the way. All I'm saying is I think people are going a little bit overboard with them um, kind of bigging him up and being a little bit too harsh on McLaughlin. Yeah, I, I understand the, the the point you make. Do you think it's just because we were scarred so badly over recent seasons? Well, I think actually that speaks to what you were saying, Mickey, about the goodwill McLaughlin built up last season. I thought he was fantastic. He had a really good season. But maybe people exaggerated just how good he was based on the fact we'd had... Like you know, absolute turd the season before. Like it was so bad. I mean, that is the worst goalkeeper. They'll make a sitcom one day of the, the goalkeepers of two thousand seventeen to two thousand eight. Just called the goalkeepers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, we'll do it as a spin-off. Yeah, yeah, we should. Right, Mickey can be uh, 
steel, I think. <laughs> we'll find uh, Lee Camp. He'll be uh, in his I'm car camp. somewhere. I'm living. Camp. I'm, I yeah, want to be him. You, I want to take on the role. Yeah, get, start getting into it now. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, I, I actually agree with you, Mickey. I think, I don't, for a start, I think this idea that you keep a winning team is a very old-fashioned one. Mm-hmm. Now, that's different in League One in the sense that Managers don't usually have the squad to manage. Like manage, the, you, you can rotate it around a lot. Anyway, but managers don't keep a winning team. That is just not a thing. You, you pick a team for the opponent you're playing, and because you've got a big squad, you tend to use different players in different scenarios. Like all the big clubs do that. Man City don't keep a winning team. Do you know what I mean? It's just not. It's not the done thing. We're not Man City, but we do have a big squad for the division. He needs to look at the team we're about to play. And he needs to pick the team that he thinks will beat that that opposition. The problems being, if he changes it and we don't win, it makes him look a fool. So he might be tempted to just stick with it. But I don't think he should keep the same goalkeeper. I don't mind if he keeps Debock at left back mm-hmm. because I think Hume could do. As we've talked about Hume a little bit, I don't think it would hurt him to have a break anyway. Yeah. Um, well, let's look at who we're playing at the weekend. That MK Dons currently on uh, 12 points. All the way down in 15th on 12 points. Not far away from ourselves. Just shows how close it is at the moment. And quite you know, representative of how early we are in the season still. But League One's... No one wants it, it seems, does it? But uh, uh, let's have a look at MK Dons. You know, uh, they, were in, they were featured last night against Liverpool. You know, they're going to have to be... If it was a... Full strength side they put out. Uh, they may have some bit leggy off that because you imagine they got they got to run around uh, off off Liverpool. I hope their um, goalkeeper has a repeat performance. I'm, a, yeah, I'm Jason afra- Steele esque. Yeah. I'm afraid to say he did not start the league game preceding that. <sighs> Nichols started against Southend, which they lost one nil, which is a terrible result. And then some of the guy number twenty two started last night. I think I just checked before. What the twenty second choice goalkeeper? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Probably he played like it, didn't he? <laughs> Dear me, it was one of the that is one of the worst pieces of goalkeeping I've ever seen. So you know, you were speaking before. Jack Ross has to pick the side which is appropriate for the, the opposition in front of us. But what kind of side does he pick, though? Maybe an attacking side at home? Do you think? You yeah, like I mean, think so. As a fan, you would think. I would like to see us start the game with the same intent in which we started the Rotherham game. Yeah, and if we can't have, and if we can't, if McNulty's not going to be forty fit. seconds. <laughs> We were, well, we were good for what, 15, 20? We got him until the penalty. I, I'd say until yeah. the penalty. Yeah. Um, but, and if we can't, if McNulty's not going to be fit, which I don't think he will be, will he? I mean, no indications to say. I mean, if he was on the way back, he would have been in the squad last night, yeah. I think. So, mm. if you're going to do that, I would definitely start Grigg because we were playing the type of balls, ironically, that he thrives off. Absolutely. And then if he still can't do it when we're trying to play like that, then you can kind of fairly say, look, like we're, we're adapting our style of play to try and suit you, mm. and you're still not performing. But I think we definitely need to give him that opportunity. I certainly wouldn't like to see um, White start if we're going to play with a similar intent to what we did against um, Rotherham. You so, can't press from the front with White there. You can't. He's not going to get on the shoulder and run behind. I mean, I do wonder whether with McNulty we're going to have a bit of one of those. He looks like someone who could do something. Okay, like you know, he's got a bit about him. But he just seemed to be injured quite a lot already, doesn't he? Which mm. is a bit of a concern. I don't know what his overall career has been like. I think injuries. it's the same injury, isn't it? His hamstring, isn't it? Maybe he just needs more rest. Yeah, Maybe they've rushed him back because yeah. of the dire need to win games. Well, we, it's, it's the schedule in League One, though. Well, then, but we've Tuesday, got, Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, whatever. You know, we've got three strikers. Four, if you include Maguire, who is mm. effectively playing as the second striker. You, and you've got O'Nine, who's sort of played up there as well now as mm-hmm. this attacking midfielder. Do you need to be rushing McNulty back when you've got 
They've got loose cannons like Benji Kimpy Yorka as well. Well, yeah, not yet seen this season, yeah. of course, in the year. Uh, Unleash him, I say. Uh, well, based on the one, out. the under twenty threes are so bad, and he's part of it. I'm I'm wondering whether he maybe needs a loan move ah, first. Well, maybe we'll see <laughs> what happens. Personally, I would, despite what we've just said about kind of power and and McGeek, just looking at the opposition, I'd be tempted to start Power and, and Dobson to be honest mm-hmm. in midfield because. The, we need to be on the front foot, and they. I think Dobson. You know, you've got power can basically be the fulcrum, and then you can unleash Dobson as the kind of mm-hmm. he can pick up the pieces and 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 get forward and drive with the ball, and then if you get into a nice healthy like say two 0 lead, you've got McGee to come in to come in. I I also don't trust McGee to play two games in a week, mm. because the Rotherham game he he was holding. I think it was Richard was saying, and he was right. There were, there were various parts of the game. He was holding different parts of his body, looking like he was injured again, and he's injured so regularly. Yeah, you, you almost have to keep him wrapped up, don't you? Yeah. Like, I, I just think Power and Dobson would give you something in there. I don't know. I don't know what you think, Mickey, but I'd, I'd quite like to see that partnership. Yeah, certainly. I think we, like you say, we do need to be on the front foot, and especially with the pressure that Ross has been under. I think. With the win last night, I'm not saying people are going to be off his back entirely, but if we start on the front foot against um, MK Dons, get a couple of goals in the first half, and maybe you might see like the tie start to turn a little bit, because I, I think we still do need a big performance. I still think we're at the stage where winning 1-0, 2-1, and looking a bit scra- like scrappy is not going to be good enough for a lot of people still. With good reason. It's, it's about... Because it's exactly the things you guys were criticising after the outranking game. Those chickens did come home to roost immediately after unfortunately but we can all see it wait we're not and i'm not saying other teams are convincing but i i think other people have pointed this out forget other teams i want to go and watch sunderland in this division with the resources we supposedly have the size of the club we should have the personnel to go out there and and really dominate a team that's sitting in 15th and just got promoted last season Mm. I, I don't see that that's an issue that i should expect that as supporters are you looking forward to the match on saturday or do you think this is, are we in this kind of weird uh, no man's land because of the the ownership mm. issue? Um, there's obviously issues around the, the manager. I think you know, you know it's fair to say I think performances have affected his the reaction from the crowd towards him. You know, is there anything we can do as fans to try and help that environment? Or do you think once <sighs> it's gone this far? In an ideal world, I would absolutely love it if you just had um, full-on like 90 minutes of fanatical like vocal backing, but that reality is that does not happen. It doesn't happen anywhere. Unless you have a control... Unless, unless you have a, with juniors, maybe. Unless <laughs> you have like a controlled ultras group where someone stands with a megaphone in the front conducting you for 90 minutes. I'm not doing happen. that. I do a lot of things on match day. Uh, you might get your guitar out. <laughs> but, I but, quite like this idea, actually. <laughs> Agenda one, next friend right arm. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> extension of Frankie's <laughs> duties. But does it help the side do you think or does it hinder the side when the crowd rightfully or wrongfully get on the back of the manager Look, it, it, it does I was wasn't obviously on the reaction pod last Saturday but I do echo the sentiments of Gary and Rory that it was not helpful at all 
because you've still got half an hour left in the game and people are singing like you just called Gareth Gary <laughs> yeah that's fine that I call him Gal it's <laughs> <laughs> just G for me sometimes sorry I interrupted your point I saw so so big G um, what, he, what, what, what he was saying um, no I do agree it's not helpful because there's half an hour to go in the game and I'm not saying that it's a crowd's fault by any stretch of the imagination, but it's it's just not helpful when there's still so long left in the game. And on Saturday, but again, it'll be dictated by how we start. Mm. If if we start, because the atmosphere, to be fair at home, I don't think it's really turned. I think it's like been, it does annoy me when sometimes like we give a ball in, you hear like people like make that noise all around the ground. But... It's, it's understandable. And I was going to say it's the responsibility of the players to do their jobs, isn't it? Because against Rotherham, there was no hint of negativity and we were dominating the game. So it's the players' responsibility to turn that into goals and win the game. They didn't. So if the crowd then turns in the second half because we came... the What came first wasn't fans booing and that because it didn't really happen anyway. What came first was the team just didn't turn up in the second half at all. We let Rotherham into the game. The inevitable occurred. Then fans start to get a bit twisty. But it's reacting to what's happening on the pitch. It's mm-hmm. not like they've come along with the intention of no. getting on people's backs. I would say, given the division we're in and the fact we're finished fifth last season and we're currently fifth now, and as they discussed on Monday, how often have we been top or second, really, if ever? Uh, we haven't been top. Actually, I think the fans have been pretty patient. Uh-huh. I think I don't. I think it's starting to turn now because actually people are at the end of the tethers. And when you ask, "Am I looking forward to going on Saturday?" I would say very. I'm very neutral about it. Mm-hmm. I enjoy going to the game and seeing friends and family and having a beer. But the game itself, at the minute, the novelty of League One's really worn off. At the beginning of last season, we were blasting teams away, and it was fun. And you were like, "Great." More football, please. Would you not be happy then? You said earlier that you want to see us get a performance, you know, blow some teams away. You just said there. Would you not be happy if we just one nil our way out of this league? Of course I would be. I would be. But I don't think that's I don't think on we're the capable agenda. of doing that. No, I don't either. That's my problem. Okay. If I saw something in the performances that were like, yeah, that, I think Ipswich are kind of doing that. Mm. I don't know if they're doing it well, but they're winning a lot of games to nil. We haven't got that in us. We've kept one clean sheet and it was, it was a cup game. Yeah. Um, I, which brings us back to the defence. I mean, in terms of keeping the same team in that, I personally wouldn't be that bothered if we didn't if Willis got left out. I mean, I'm, I don't know about other people. But I like Willis. Yeah, I think he's I been think he's o- had a good start this he's season. Been, I think he's but been he's, okay. He, he was, you know, now that Lynch is there, maybe it's the support he needs as well as much as Hume needs to buck. You know, could well it could be, or and you could potentially play Lynch alongside Willis. I don't know. So I, like, Oz, you know, Osterk, I think Osterk's been yeah. fine, but maybe, yeah. I don't know if it's Lynch quick. I know. So you probably want Willis and another just because Willis can move. Yeah. We'll see then. Uh, I'd be, so... I'd be, if Osterk is available, I would definitely start with Osterk because I think Lynch needs to be introduced into the team gradually. I think he can be a big player for us, but he hasn't had a pre-season, has he? No, he'd be, I don't think so. And, and how many times have we seen this where someone comes in, does all right, and then we chuck him in and not necessarily get injured, but if he's like blown out of his backside after 70 minutes, you don't want to be making a tactical change to bring off a centre-half. Yeah. yeah you certainly really seen him being in the squad, though, following mm-hmm. on from... Definitely. Oh, definitely. Well, you'd hope so, because I think we've um, well, we've had situations like against Bolton where you've you've got Lugo Nango on the left-back and like that's just not that's not something that can can continue. Where if you've got Lynch, all right, it's maybe not ideal, but he could probably go in at left back. The Lynch just pin. shore it up. The Lynch pin. Yes. That's it. Yeah, the Lynch pin. That's what we'll call the episode. Um, but that's pretty much it. Apart from predictions, what's it going to be on Saturday, Mickey? Two 0 
Sunderland. So, well, clean sheet. So a clean sheet, eh? Clean sheet. Thanks to the Wall Lynch. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> we probably won't pay. Yeah. Uh, I reckon we'll win 3-1. 3-1. Well, 3-1 mm. was almost the new 1-1. It was, and I think they're one of those teams that we should be doing that there, and I just don't see us keeping a clean sheet. I'll say 2 I'm going to say 2-1. I'll see what happens. And I imagine there'll be some kind of reaction pod afterwards, uh, so keep your ears out for that one. Uh, be regular service with uh, Gareth and Stephen on Monday. Of course, join those guys in the fan zone before kickoff on Saturday. And just a word as well, the Sunderland Food Bank are collecting non-perishable uh, donations in the fan zone before kickoff on Saturday. You can also donate money as well. They'll have the buckets. Uh, that's all the messages, I think. So with that in mind, thanks for listening. See you next time. <laughs>